We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep. Uh, <sighs> Eurostep Podcast Network post-game podcast. I'm live. Normally, I'd say cut it, get our group of GSPN interns to take care of this, but it is just me and winning sixes, Jordan Tresky. I am Ty Windish, recording live on YouTube and directly after the Bucks held on another very, very close game against the Miami Heat in Miami to lock up the one seed in the East in the in-season tournament. We've got a game to talk about. Trends we've seen, the in-season tournament. We'll do stocks for this game later. It's a really exciting pod, I think, Jordan. But first, of course, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. It always goes well after uh, the Bucks win. And they won Group B, which I presume was named after the Bucks, Group Bucks. So that's that's where I'm, I'm, my mood is at right now. Nice. Uh, love that. Um yeah, I think it was a quite the game to watch. Um, it was kind. It was. I won't say it was same old Bucks um, because they did start out quite a bit better. The first quarter, the first half of the first quarter was awesome. It was a very hot start from Milwaukee, which was nice to see. And then things derailed a little bit from there. Some of the defensive lapses that you know the Bucks have kind of just. It's been part of their game, unfortunately, for a lot of this season. Even though, you know, I've shared the numbers before and I'll pull it up later when the stats are updated, but they've been actually just a middling defense since November 3rd, which was when they stopped, uh, when they started dropping as their main scheme. They haven't been 25th. They've been, I think, 16th going into this game. We'll see. I would guess they may drop a little bit after this game, but, you know, they haven't been as horrible as they look. But I do think the lows are extremely low for this defense and they were again in this game. You know, guys just losing their assignment, Dame, you know, um, Beasley just getting dusted, Chris Middleton getting dusted a lot, uh, Bobby Portis with some rough moments against Jaime Jaquez, who is just a hell of a player. I mean, got to give him mm-hmm. some credit too. Um, but the defense, I think, is is the negative side of this game. Would you rather start there or with the positive, which is 
I mean, this Bucks team looks like an absolute demon in crunch time when they have their best three or four players healthy. I, I let, let's go positive because I, I think it, it tonight really felt like I know we're coming off of the the Portland game where they want you know completely the biggest comeback in the NBA this year and. It's all this goodwill of like, okay, this team knows how to finish his games. They don't know, they don't necessarily know how to lead or overwhelm teams quarters one through three. But I felt like tonight, especially against, yes, a Heat team that did not have Jimmy Butler. They did not have, who was another big player that they did not have today? Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, of course, yes. Yeah. And Um, Haywood Highsmith for the Haywood Highsmith enjoyers out there, of which I am one, a good big wing defender. Anyway. Yeah, no disrespect to Haywood or Hardwood. Um, sorry. The only disrespect uh, to Hardwood was Miami's court. I don't know yeah, if you heard that little drum roll. That was awful. I cannot – I mean, I don't want to get distracted, but it, it was awful. Um, but, yes, the Heat didn't have major pieces. It still didn't matter because this team can go on. I mean, it's Eric Spolstra. We know what the Heat can do even when they are shorthanded. And I still felt like, yes, the defense has its problems, as we'll get into. But offensively, especially just having Chris out there and not having him out there for the last six quarters before tonight, you just see this, how it works and how everything, how things are still coming together. But and but what's still there right now of these temples of, yes, you can go to Dame. He can hit threes as he did tonight. You can have Giannis um, drive to the rack, play off his um, the attention that he gives, and still pick out shooters. Brooke came up big again too, just because he's a big body and just throw it high and he'll dunk it. Um, if there's just a way that this works, and not to shortchange Malik Beasley, um, who again had a very solid game, just hitting threes and just playing admirable defense even even if it's not a perfect game defensively i just think they're that five man unit right there as much as it's a a saloon door defensively sometimes they could get buckets it doesn't matter who it is like they just have this balance about it that really just didn't exist for the bucks largely ever even in that the championship run we talk about those great moments, but we we certainly know when the the well got dry and it was basically like, hey, Chris, let's start kind of like, you know, doing what you do best, mid-range or finding Giannis and picking up situations. I just thought the balance that we saw offensively, especially down the stretch, really obviously lifted this, the Bucks to win the group, beat the Heat, and it just kind of ext- has extended the, extended this team's clutch time ability of just yeah we know we know the situation and it still doesn't matter because we can still score relentlessly and it will carry us to a victory you know what's crazy this didn't feel like a great dame game to me i don't did i know you're drinking a water for the non for the pod listeners but you can just nod yes or no did it feel like a like a great game dame game to you not bad by any means but like i i didn't come away like oh this was Oh, Dame like really took – I mean, I know he's always great late. But then you look at the line and it's 32 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds, just 1 turnover, 50-44-100 shooting splits for Dame. So maybe I'm just a hater. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I was just so. oblivious. 
I don't I don't think there's I don't think you're saying anything that's really off base because we we're used to this with Giannis. The the, the standard is so high with him. And you just like, oh, you look at the box or oh yeah, 32, 10 and 5 or whatever. And it doesn't feel like that. It 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 can kind of disguise itself in that way. And I thought I to answer your question, I thought Dame had a really good game. But it wasn't, it's not one of those overwhelming, like, this guy is just pouring it on and the Heat had no answer for him. He did have to work for it a little bit and miss shots. Obviously, it wasn't a perfect shooting game. But I felt like what we've tried to see from Dame more consistently, certainly seeing the three ball hit more often is going to help. But I thought that when, even in the face of pressure, he really just balanced out the offense in ways that we have seen this Bucks team or iterations of this Bucks teams um, collapse under pressure. And that was refreshing to see not that happen where it's just like, yeah, you're looking for offense and then you just don't have the ball at all where Dame is very good with the ball. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's his control. I mean, the shot making of course, and every and the passing, but like the Bucks have just never had a player who really, I mean, this is going to sound like I think worse than it is. And Giannis is close, but like, a true lead ball handler, certainly not one to pair with Giannis, where you're like, oh, if he's got to navigate through a double team or a bunch of help, he's got it. Like, he's good. Like, you're, you're he's not just going to like kind of flail and fumble the ball away or, or, you know, make a horrible pass. Obviously, he's had turnovers. He's made some bad passes. But in those big moments, every time he has the ball, like there was a possession late in this game when I think Caleb Martin was pressuring Chris or maybe Josh Richardson as he came up the floor because they were face guarding Dame on the inbounds. And I was like, Chris, just get it across half court and get it to Dame, please. And that's exactly what he did. He was like, all right, I'm just going to get right here. I'm going to stop Dame. Come take this ball and then do what you do. Um, you know, we can talk about ways that, you know, the Giannis and Dame partnership and Dame on the Bucks is still coming along. It has felt to me, though, over this last week and change, I think they've simplified things a lot. I do. It does feel more like, okay, Chris is playing a bit more minutes now. We don't have to funnel every other possession to him when he's on the court to start games, which is what I thought they were doing when Chris was at like 20 minutes. It felt like egregiously for a reason. They were like, okay, Chris, get your shots in. Like you're not going to get to play a bunch. Now it's like, all right, Dame, you just have the ball. Like just go do stuff, Dame. And and I feel like the, those moments where it's like, oh, Giannis, you know, they haven't gotten the, got the ball to Dame in a really long time. Like where is he? I have not felt as many of those lately. Like when he's out there, it kind of feels like they're just like, yeah, you're the point guard. Just go do whatever you want to do. And he is, of course, able to strike a really good balance doing that. And it's been refreshing. Like I think offensively, outside of just missing really good looks, which is like I know the story of the Boston game and some of the wizard stuff, their 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 flow has felt a lot better, which is why I think they're, you know, four and one in these last five games, despite you know, not really playing great uh, for a lot, especially on the defensive end in them. Yes, I, I I do think there is the structure, whatever, the foundation. That's probably a better way of saying it. Foundation is there, and I, I do think that they're building on something of, of, of just having your best players, your starting lineup out there for large stretches. It, it works. We saw the start of this game, too, like, <laughs> it, it looked pretty good. Um, and obviously it kind of went awry as the first quarter went along, but there, I, I like what we have seen from Giannis and there, it doesn't feel like deferring. It does feel like I know who is in 
or who gives us the best opportunity to close out games, to come back in games, as we saw last time out. Dame just has this power and control, as you mentioned, of controlling the tempo. Usually, even if he's going to miss a shot, it's going to be the best opportunity or best read in a certain play. And again, this Heat team, like I, I know it was shorthanded and we're going to say all the caveats in the world and all that stuff, but it still matters to see this team click. And it, it, it really like based on where the bucks are at right now. And the fact that there have been so many changes and we will labor that over or, or hit that point to death over the course of the season. But it's still like we're in the, the fact finding stage still of like how things work. How does it work when it's tilted towards this way? When the offense runs through Dame? What does it look like when you have all three of Giannis, Chris, and Dame on the floor, whether that's crunch time or just lineups or, you know, regular playing time, <laughs> non clutch, non clutch time? I, I do think tonight was probably the best instance of it not just being Giannis, Dame, playing off of each other. I felt like it, it really was the entire, that closing lineup. And really, it jump-started with, it was coming out of the timeouts, I think so. My memory's already hazy, just how crazy this game ended. But it was it was the Brook getting the rebound and then waiting that beat to bounce past it to Dame, to basically pass it into him so he could get even more open. He hits it like kind of like on the move, and it was just a swish. Like it, it really jump started this team from being down by three and tied the game. I want to say like one sixteen or something like that. And when that shot went in, it was like okay, I kind of understand where this is going to be going because we've seen the story. As much as the the Bucks have many faults, we've seen them rise above, you know, the obstacles and the hole that they have repeatedly dug themselves in time and time again to start the year, but. When it hits a certain time of game, it's just like, okay, this is a lot different seeing the Bucks like this than how it has been the last few years. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to talk about Brooke a lot more. I, I think people in the Discord, people in the YouTube chat have already said, you got to talk about Brooke. We will. I'm, I'm excited to. I think this is the most fully involved, and I've been looking. The assist number is still, I think, maybe slightly lower than like his first Bucks year. But at least in quite some time, the most involved we've seen Brooke in the offense. And I think that's been really good for him and for the Bucks. But let's not let's not do the thing I always do where it's like, oh, let's I and I did it. I was talking about like defense early on, like defensive <laughs> issues. We'll get there. Uh talk about Giannis, the big fellow, who before I even get to his stats, which are incredible, and all the great plays, and even though he got a little jumper happy, he still maintained just obscene efficiency. I mean, nearly 70% from the field, made one of his two threes. 10 of 13 from free throw as well. So a really great game for Giannis who had 33 points. The screens he was setting in this game, like in the first quarter, I I was like not floored, but it, it was one of those like the eyebrows raise a lot. You know, it's like big. I just did that way too many. That's, that's very gifable. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he he was really setting great screens. And it felt to me too, like just generally offensively early, they kind of look like the Bucks of the preseason, which I wonder is like, is that getting back to an offensive principle that they had left? Like a lot of, you know, pass back out, DHOs and screens around the perimeter, really looking for advantages. And they got off to a great start. Like it was really, I guess, to borrow a Marcus Johnsonism, like 
chop wood, carry water kind of execution offensively. And it starts with those screens that were getting Bees and Chris and Dame a lot of space. That was really fun to see. I hope someone asked Giannis about it after the game. I hope we, more importantly, I hope we see that more going forward because I think Dame was almost surprised a couple times how much space he had on those Giannis Dame pick and rolls after earlier. They pretty much just let teams switch and then carried on. Yeah, I, I think we underestimate just like, we always talk about like the reinvention of like Brooke Lopez and just like going from this, you know, dinosaur kind of player that doesn't really exist in modern NBA to transforming himself to a three and D center that can hold himself, hold himself as like the preeminent drop defender, not named Rudy Gobert. And then now it's like his offense is so tied to, it's not exclusively tied to Dame, but just having a big body and just lay setting screens, making sure that you're the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands, you know, as much as Giannis or if not more, especially down the stretch, just getting him looks, letting him operate the offense with maximum vision with plenty of room to operate. And that like, it, it, it's not, I, I think I over or underestimate just how quickly like that combination would just really jumpstart. We, we talk about the Giannis game pick and roll and stuff like that. But it always equally applied to Brooke because of, you know, he obviously can shoot it better. He can step back to three. And for my money, like, he's looked really athletic in terms of just, like, putting the ball on the floor and twisting his weird body through the defense and and getting, like, in ones and finishing at the cup and stuff like that. Like, he just really has. Did you hear Marcus's note on that the other day? He said something that I'm forgetting what I, it is. I remember it. it. It was really interesting, actually. So I want to actually – and I'm glad you brought this up specifically. I want to give Bucks assistant coach Vin Baker a big shout-out for being a sneakily elite big man developmental coach. I remember there was some talk about like, oh, when Christian Wood went to the Lakers this year, I remember it was like, oh, you know, people clowned him for saying he had a relationship with Darvin Ham because he didn't play many games for the Bucks. But he was on the team all year. He just – or most of the year. He just played with the herd. Vin Baker was down there working with him. Christian Wood got a lot better that year. And Marcus said Vin Baker has been working with Brooke on those drives. And we've seen a lot more of those and they've looked a lot better this year. They're very weird. Um, you know, glacial, very slow. My favorite part about him is he does the like the dribble move before at such a slow speed. I have to imagine it's just like – Part of his routine. No one ever like he just like reaches out the ball and will like bop <laughs> it on someone and then start and no one can do anything about it. Like they've been really effective, but apparently that was an area of focus for him and Vin Baker. Marcus was like, "Ah, oh, kind of surprised to see the old dog continue to learn new tricks." But it's been really like really useful for the Bucks, and it's really good. Like, okay, not all the starters are out there. You know, Dame is face guarded or whoever. The possession sucks. Brooke, do you want to just like? take three of the slowest steps ever and put up a really good shot. And he's been able to do that. So I found that really interesting. Shout out to Vin Baker and the Bucks coaching staff for, you know, not just being like, okay, Brooke, here's your roles. Here's your threes. And that's it. Yeah. I, I, I really have been impressed with the way that Brooke has been utilized offensively. And it, again, we, how we talked about him as maybe like a low post kind of outlet for the, the Bucks under Bud, 
now it's like, okay, set screens and you have a lane to yourself whether you can dish it out or you can finish it at home. And either way, I'm, he's making the right move more than not. And it just, it's a way to extend his career. It's, I don't know, it's just crazy that we're, we're, they're, they're talking about Kyle Lowry being his 18th NBA season and Brooke is not that far behind with 16 years. So it's like, it's just crazy to see someone of his stature and how much he's changed his game to, to, you know, stay in the NBA and stay as, as well as, or as good as he is of a player in the NBA to continue that on and, and someone like Dame just kind of helps him even more. But yeah, I thought he did excellent job. I know he tried to kind of bring together the defense in a lot of ways as he has, you know, through the vast majority of the season. But today just making that dunk at the end was just like, it was so cathartic him putting that home, just roaming off the baseline and just like, yes, just get it, just get it through. I, I want them to beat the heat and my blood was just like, ah, oh, I have to see this heat culture and this stupid, we're the hardest working team in the nastiest. We get no respect, Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> Miami Heat. It's like, oh, I just cannot. It's so corny. It is so unbelievably corny. Anyway, that was my. That's a good rant. That's a good rant. Um, (laughs) I think I said to you or in our GSPN chat during the game, like the the Heat are the one team where it's like I don't even look at the injury report. It doesn't matter. Like they 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 play the same game pretty much every time. I know the Bucks have had some good games against them and obviously some horrible games against them, but these regular season ones where half the team is out, it just feels like they they find a way anyway. Um, (laughs) Circle back to to Giannis quickly. Like, just thought there were some moments that are not optimal. I'll put it that way. Some not optimal moments for him on defense. Like, he reached once and and Hakez got him offensively, the jumpers, which they fell enough tonight. And I... I, though I'm putting it that way on purpose because like everything else he does is just so important and so massive for the Bucks. This year, I've been able to really just be like, you know what? I think there's been like a couple games that were really bad decision-making wise from Giannis. Most of the time though, it's like you want to take four jumpers if you're taking 16 shots and also getting fouled seven times in the act of shooting. Okay, it's not optimal. And I think we see like, all I always remember, it felt like game seven of the finals, he just didn't take any. He's just like, all right, I'm just going to do what I do. Like, I think there's an awareness of him knowing what, knowing when to pick the spots, but he was just so good. I mean, he was able to score a bunch over Bam Adebayo. Bam got him sometimes. That's the best ISO defender in the NBA. And Chris, Chris found that out the hard way. He got Dame a couple times. Like, Bam is incredible. Giannis is just at a level now. I think it's easily the best we've seen him play. Like He's so controlled. It's not just the Dame space, just like the way he plays, the control he has. It, he's just remarkable. It was another 30-10-5 game where he – did you see the leaderboard of Bucks to do it? Yes, it was. it's Giannis. 164, Kareem, Kareem 162. Marcus was third place. Eight. And I believe – His jersey eight. number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's a lot. It's very uh, front runners on yeah. the leaderboard. <laughs> but we uh, we are desensitized to it, though, with Giannis, to a certain extent. Like, I think we do a good job talking about how great he is, especially when he does hit these milestones, you know, when he became the scoring leader with the in the Nets game. Like, I always remember that moment. But just 
33, 10, and 5 on 68% from the field. Made a lot of his free throws, two steals, one block. It's just, I mean, he's just, he looks awesome. And I don't think any of us ever believed it, but this idea that, like, oh, you know, his rim numbers were down last year. He's exiting his physical prime. No, no, no. He's, no. He's still pretty good, I think. Uh, more like pretty great, although still having a hard time cracking the top 17 in people's uh, NBA or MVP uh, leaderboards so far. Groom. That's what I say. I don't care about what anybody says. There's a lot of opinions out there. Not necessarily all of them are great. Anyway, um... It's an understatement. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, yeah, I thought Giannis's game, I thought it was kind of like any time they needed something, whether it was, you know, we, we saw the early offense and keeping pace with the Heat in the first half. Then coming out of halftime, like the shots that were coming up short from him, like whether it was mid-range, elbow, getting the post, he's really dialed in. The three that he took tonight, I know he took another one, but the first three that he took tonight, I was like, yeah. Do it. Like, I, I normally I don't like you doing that, but like, it kind of looked good. And it felt like in, you know, 99, time, 99 times out of 100, you'll be like, why are you taking that shot? Especially if it's like early in the shot clock. The way that he was shooting tonight, or at least during that portion, I was like, yeah, it looks very free flowing and very instinctive, as Marcus said on the broadcast. Um, and then like, you know, Dame is 
kind of controlling the ball or if it wasn't if it was the kind of the campaign Malik Beasley um uh maybe Chris was in there in the fourth quarter basically before Dame got back in the game Giannis would lead the offense but it wouldn't necessarily end possessions wouldn't necessarily finish with him and I just thought like what he dug in defensively and he is his using his long arms to pick out dribbles, push guys back a little bit and make it not as, you know, <laughs> as much of a of a runway for for the heat ball handlers to get down the down the paint. It it just stifled them. And yeah, I would like to see the Bucks really dig in on that more than 8 minutes out of the game. Um but that problem is not really a Giannis problem, that is a Bucks problem and a perimeter problem. <laughs> in in particular, yeah. but but it really like he had possessions against Bam. He had a, a, I think yeah or Hakez, maybe Lowry too that he just kind of just eliminated. Or it was Richardson. He just eliminated just his his this, the ball pressure and the the dribble penetration. It was so good to see. Like we didn't really see that level of of from Giannis in that way in, in, last year, and it was a very different year. But see, just like when he digs like in like that, and you just see how long he is. It's like, how you know, how are you going to get around that when he's really locked in and doing all that stuff? So I, I thought anything that the Bucks kind of needed at any moment, whether it was scoring the ball, rebounding, digging defensively, by the end of it, he just provided tonight. It was really one of his more well balanced performances of the season so far. I would say. Yeah, there was a, a time where he punched out a pocket pass that was going to Bam that led to a Bucks fast break. And it's like, that's the kind of like, well, one thing I've noticed too on like the semi-transition that's been an issue for Milwaukee, what I look for now is Giannis on the court and is he ahead or behind of the ball? Because if he's ahead of the ball, maybe they'll get an open three, but it's like the 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 horrible, like, oh, they just get right to the rim again. It just goes away. His presence, it just goes away immediately. Like teams are, guys are not willing to like, oh, I'll try to just drive through Giannis to get to the paint. Cause he's, I mean, Brooks been the one amassing all the blocks, but Giannis has some nasty ones this season. Yes. His presence, even if he's not actively in the play necessarily, is so important for them defensively. And I think he has started to get back a little sooner. They did get beat back once on a B's miss three by, by, uh, Hakez, but, it's uh it's a work in progress defensively. Um we already kind of covered Brooke. It was funny, a Brooke game where he's 0 for 4 from deep, and it was just like unanimously positive reviews. And I also thought he was so close to a bunch of those floaters and just couldn't get there. But it's it is just a different ball game. It, we talked about Giannis when he's out there defensively too. Brooke just 12 points, but five for ten from the field. So that means he was five for six from two. Made both of his free throws, four assists, four rebounds, one block. He's been throwing some really nice passes lately, in addition to like those drives. And it feels like he, like Giannis, I remember saying real early in the year, like the first couple of games, Giannis just had to slow down on those pick and rolls. Like he was doing stuff too fast. You'll see Brooke now take a beat. And I, and I wonder if it's just the new spacing on the court, but you'll see him take a beat and like, oh, there is someone cutting to the rim right now. Or, oh, there's Dame's <laughs> right there. Oh, that's I, I can make that pass. That's not hard. The one you mentioned, the offensive rebound, where it felt like it was automatic for a long time, where Brooke gets that and you know he's taking that slow fade away. This time he's like, oh, that's Damian Lillard over there. I'll bounce that guy the ball. That might work out. Um, 
So I just think an awesome all-around year. Offense, defense, he's done so much. Uh, I hope it's not wearing him out too much, but he always seems like he's able to do this stuff without a full exertion at, at all times out there. I'm sure it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but you know he's such a smart player the way he uses his body. Yes. Yes, I would agree with that. It, it's just a matter of, you know, he is up there and it, it, that you're always – that's very present. I mean, it honestly applies to pretty much the big four of Dave, Giannis, Chris, Brooke, of, you know, we've certainly experienced it plenty with Chris of, of just how kind of fragile things can be. Uh, not that they aren't right now because he's – you know, came off a, a one and a half game absence with Achilles soreness or tightness, whatever you want to call it. Ultimately, it was called tendonitis. Tendonitis. There we go. But yeah, I just it, those creaky moments kind of. It just feels like it's always kind of like walking on this tightrope of like, you know, just like, oh, is that it? Is that you know? I don't know, but. Yeah, I, I thought again. Brooke just kind of balanced them in a, a in a lot of ways. We didn't really see kind of the the throw of threes unless if possession was really bogged down. That's the thing about the offense. Like we're talking about a hundred thirty two point performance, and it's like yeah, like you get the best out of Dame Giannis. We haven't really touched on Chris yet, and I, I'm really excited to. But Malik again really hit from from three. And then get into it, you know, the entire starting lineup is in double figures. The other, <laughs> the highest scorer after that is Pat, who only played half the game with seven points. And uh it's like, they can win that way. It's not a, an ideal way, because we've seen this bench really lift them up. But when it, when you're playing against a, a team with, you know, higher stakes, a team that you're probably don't want to see in the playoffs, but are certainly playoff bound. Um, it, it is good to see the best players hit that next gear, even when, you know, some other players are lagging behind kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's fitting. We're talking about like the whole starting five first, because this was a game where they carried as you laid out. Also, I think, you know, there's a lot of discourse about if Malik Beasley should still be starting and we'll get to him after Chris, I think fittingly. No one has made a good enough case, I think, to unseat him. I think Crowder did, Crowder did but got hurt. Uh, that, that putting him aside, yeah. Crowder Crowder was awesome. I mean, it's there's no, but it's funny. Uh, advanced stats lying. I know I said this to Rohan, so the listeners know already. But like, he has the worst net rating swing on the team by far. They're like minus ten with him on, plus seventeen with him off. So I I just guarantee there's going to be someone out there who, when he's ready to come back, goes, should they even play him? I mean, this guy was. Terrible. He was, he was so good. Like he was everything they needed on the wing. Uh, get well soon. Marcus Johnson said uh, he's been looking good recently. So hopefully he's able to get back without any complications. But Chris Middleton made the return, missed, as you mentioned earlier, six quarters with the Achilles tendonitis. So a whole round of people who dislike Chris and think the Bucks should have moved on for no gain in the short or long term by doing so. Um, kind of panicked, uh, maybe over nothing. He plays 23 and a half minutes, seven for 13 from the field, despite just one of three from deep, made both free throws, eight rebounds, two assists, no turnovers, three fouls, 17 total points for Chris. Game high, 20 plus minus. I think that strong start, he helped buoy that a lot. 
And you do see when they close too, like they're not all three out there for a lot due to his restriction, but they're just like, they have to turn the ball over or miss good looks basically to not execute good offense. I mean, it's like, there's just too many threats for defenses to cope with. It's very obvious. Defensively, it was a disaster. Um, just got beat a lot. Uh, went for fakes and, and was out of position. Just wasn't fast enough sometimes. You hope he can just be better than that. Uh, this is also just a quick heat team, but you know it's Caleb Martin and, and Jaime Jaquez. It's not like you know we're talking about, I don't know, Tyrese Maxey taking him from the perimeter or something. He's got to be or a little better than that. Against Boston. Yeah, more, more of that. Um, but yeah, not, not even that, that level of opponent. It was first game back, you know, it's hopefully he can get the legs literally under him some more, but offensively, he's still been that guy and he's still been like most importantly, you know, for all the defensive troubles of him and Dame, just a perfect offensive fit for the Dame and Giannis pairing. Yeah. I think for me, it was like, we understand where Chris is at defensively yeah he he just he can maybe stop guys one-on-one on certain spots but when he goes one way and the other in the ball handler if it's just like a one-on-one drive opportunity more often than not chris might be it's left cooked. in dust yeah and it's it is unavoidable but same time we saw him hit fadeaway shots, relocate, hit a three, even when he wasn't, you know, I think he was 0 for 2 before that. Attempts and only, like, the only kind of lob that can go to a guy like Giannis and draws the foul that way, and it was the right read. It wasn't like, it's not value uh, lob attempt, but it was like, that's the right read. Just throw it high enough where only Giannis can get it, and anybody jumping up is going to foul him. And I just thought everything else, like, I, I can live with what we're seeing defensively if you're doing everything else and hitting shots and just being the ultimate compliment to a guy like Giannis, this rim attacking, rim running force, and a guy like Dame who, yes, he hasn't shot the ball all that particularly well, or at least to his high standards, but can create his own gravity. And just Chris knows how to play off of that, that that stuff is invaluable. And tonight, I think that's why I was really reassured and really excited by how they close out tonight because we just saw Chris just like, oh, there he is. Oh, he's hitting, hitting a shot. Like he just picks the right moments and the right spots. It's kind of surprising to me that he only had two assists because it felt like a lot more. Um, but zero turnovers finishes with 17 points, seven or 13 shooting. Yeah. I just thought. It, that's what made me really excited is just to see Chris do vintage Chris things and hopefully we see more of that as he you know gets healthier but also is just on this kind of razor thin wire of health health <laughs> post championship run I guess yeah uh, another 60% two point shooting day from Chris too where the threes have really not fallen in mass we're hoping to see that change at some point I'm sure it will but he has just been I mean, cash money, to put it uh, that way, from two-point <laughs> range, like pretty much all season. So great to see that. And to see, you know, 23 and a half, almost 24 minutes isn't a ton. But, you know, it would have really sucked if it, we saw him play 16 minutes in this game, right? Like, oh, restarting now. 
Yes. We'll be back up to 28 by late February. Like, okay, at least we're picking back up after the, the brief absence there. Yeah, the, the <laughs> at the end of the third quarter where things are just kind of like, oh, this feels like it's getting away, and you see the heat hit threes and stuff like that. In our, in our private chat, we were talking about just like, I, I just like, I mentioned like, this is, the game just falls down in those crisp minutes of like, first of off is how many minutes is he playing? And then how well he plays, because it just, that, that is how it's been the first, where are we at, eight, game 18. It just kind of feels like that whenever, you know, he's available and, and able to play. So, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a, that is the interesting wrinkle with that particular journey that I, I've started to kind of, um, come to grips with as much as it's like it, this kind of can go really good or can kind of go really bad depending on the situation. Absolutely. Uh, Ian in the chat points out Chris admitted in his post-game interview he didn't have it on defense tonight. I'm trying to see where the quotes are. I would love to read some quotes after the game, but uh, either way, we will carry on. If someone has those, please drop them in the chat here on Discord. Um, Malik Beasley, who I, I, I'm i always so torn on Beasley. I feel like he is kind of a lightning rod for a lot of reasons. Obviously a guy who his shot falling on a particular night will define a, a pretty substantial portion of what he's able to provide. Had a, just a horrible defensive lapse where he just kind of forgot to move on defense where he's probably good for about one of those a game usually. And they're ugly. Also, I thought he did some really good screen navigation in this game. Like it, it, it's such a it's – an, it's an issue of polls with Beasley who is like – you know, you'll be, oh, he's really, he's kind of figuring some things out. Oh, he forgot to go with his defender, and, and that's a dunk. But also in this game, six for 11 from the field, four of eight from deep, uh, 10 rebounds from the league. Yep, easily. that's the number I'm looking at. Yeah. 10 rebounds. Like, I I have had problems with not his play, but I just think you're starting a 6 four, two guard next to Dame. You're giving up a lot of heights and Malik Beasley, I know he's said that he's the Drew Holiday of, or the new Drew Holiday, whatever the quote was. Um, but we know that he does is not that. <laughs> not to not to uh, uh, dismiss him, but it was like that was always my thing of like I didn't necessarily think of him as the starting two guard, but whether it's because of the Crowder injuries or obviously everything with Chris. Like I give him credit for like really maximizing his play, and I think the the thing for me is that's really encouraging is that yes, he's not an, a lights out defender. He if like the the uh, Tyrese Halliburton play, however many weeks ago of just kind of like your controller, you know, shorting out, and he's just standing there like in a prone position and seeing Halliburton you know blow by him. He's good for those at least once or twice a game, but. Also, a lot of other Bucks players are too. Um, but I just think for me, it's like, yes, I know he's a good shooter and it's really good to see him kind of fight through that, uh, you know, classic, like, yeah, you're a good shooter, but it's the wheels are going to fall off that way. It hasn't so far. And he's really just competed defensively. Like, it, it does mean something that, like, yeah, he might not always be in front of his guy with <laughs> some defensive possessions, but he's finishing off possessions, getting rebounds that, the Bucks have really struggled with based on their defense and based on just energy and effort plays. Like that rebounding, getting 10 rebounds really just says, hey, I'm going to finish off possessions. I'm going to track down the ball. 
whether I'm in position or not, because he was tracking out to to long misses in, in out of his area for a rebounded ball. And he had a clutch I really one. Commend- I mean, the, the one over Lowry late in the game was yes. like, oh, that's the kind of mo- that's the sliding glass doors of like Lowry gets that kicks it out to someone who runs and hits a fall away three because the Heat hit a lot of open shots. They also they got hot and hit just everything for a while. That's like yeah. one of those like, oh, the whole game could have changed right there. And it was like not he didn't just happen into it. Like he went up. Got physical, body on body with Lowry, just going to move on. And, and went up and got the rebound and didn't get called for the foul. And I was like, that's a big play. That's the kind of play that is not going to make highlight tapes. That's a big winning play. Yes. That is that is the kind of play that will earn your coach's trust and have you out there for, for clutch time minutes. Because, I mean, at this point, he has to be out there by default based on the injuries that we have since added yeah. <laughs> before the game, unfortunately. But, you know, we have seen Malik's role diminish in games depending on, you know, the situation or what has preceded, you know, the first 43 minutes of the game. But if he's hitting shots and he's rebounding the ball, if he's doing things to kind of lift the team in other ways, like that is that that is right for you to be in getting more minutes and being in the most important situations that you'll be in this year. Yeah, I mean, his complete line, 16 and 10, which is like a very Bobby Portis stat line, 16 points, <laughs> 10 boards, uh, one assist, one steal, two blocks. I, I have a, I'm having to read this like five times. Is this really? Yeah. Uh, no turnovers, one foul for Malik Beasley. The thing, I, I said this in the in the Discord chat. If you're not in, gspn.info to join our, our Discord. It's very active during Bucks games. It's a little heated, but it's it, the passion is there. I'll say that. He's he's a gamer. Like I, 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 he really, as you said, like he wants to do these things. He's embracing a role where realistically, he knows he can't be Drew Holiday. But that the role of like, okay, they need someone to guard the perimeter, but with it's me, Chris, and Dame out here. Like I've got to be the guy. He can't do it, obviously, to the, anywhere close to that level. But I love that he's like trying to step up and do as much as he can. Like I, he's gonna get clowned. He's already been clowned a lot for those quotes. They were probably not ideal things for him to say. But, like, isn't that what you want out of a guy who, like, is kind of starting by default at this point of, like, you need me to you need me to hit, take a bunch of threes? Okay, you need me to defend the best perimeter player? Fine. Oh, we're not rebounding well? I'll go grab 10 rebounds. Like, he's going to fall short. We know this. I think it says a lot about him that he's, he's held on to this spot pretty firmly. Again, the boss man injury is a big factor in that. But uh, the, the young guys have been inconsistent. Beasley has overall been quite good. There's going to be lapses every game, but I, I think he's improved a bit, and you know they're they're making it work with him. Most minutes played tonight for him all season, by the way. He was, I think, only Giannis played more among Bucks too. So a little surprising that he ends up twenty seconds or whatever more than Dame. But you know, it was Giannis thirty nine and a half, Malik almost thirty eight, Dame thirty seven and a half, and then just Brooke at nearly thirty two was the next closest. Then it's Chris and Bobby. In the low twenties, of course, Pat Connaughton with the uh, unfortunate looks like he twisted his ankle in the first half. Somehow made the layup over the defender too. He stepped that on the defender's remarkable. foot. I have no idea how he did that with no lift at all. Um, Pat, I, I want to talk more about the bench, and we'll do Buck stock markets after a quick break in a second here. But um, it, the shot fell a little more for him today. I have felt like he's done a lot of quiet good things, even when the shot has, and they need him to hit the shots. They just do. With, with the injuries and just where this team is at. but And he's not very good on the perimeter defending. To be, I think he gets blown by a fair amount. But like yeah. he's a really good rotator. 
and he rotates down below. And I remember looking up early in the year, like to see what Brooks numbers were around the rim. And it's like Pat's numbers were really weirdly good. Like what he's holding up opponents to within six feet. And then I've been watching for that since it's like, Oh, he always slides in at the right time and contests the shot. And guys kind of struggle with it. Like he does a lot of the quieter things. Well, it's not enough to totally make up for not hitting shots and getting blown by. But if he can start hitting shots and just put up a little more fight when he gets back from however long this ankle thing holds him out, I think he's still very important to this team. Yeah, I I agree with you completely of like, we know the nights that he's not going to hit threes. Like he does, again, it's just picking your spots of like, he is a wing defender. He's going to be relied on to kind of lighten the load defensively, even if it's not the most ideal situation or the the most ideal assignment for him. But we know of his ability to to at least contest or uh, alter shots, especially with, when he's <laughs> testing his athletic leaping ability. But rebounding the ball, doing little things like his passing, you've seen the connection with him and Bobby. It was, when see him go down tonight was really just kind of like, like who, we're thinking of, of guys like him being a connector and everything like that. And Chris is kind of the ultimate connector, even in this, especially in this new role. But it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, kind of move on or soldier on without a guy like Pat out there in the rotation where, yeah, we're talking about Marjan. We're talking about Andre Jackson Jr. We're talking about AJ Green, regrettably. Um, and it's like, there's not a lot of guys on this team that, that can do the things that Pat does, even if it's in a more, not limited, but just it's a jack of all trades, master of none kind of way. And yeah, yeah I, I really hope he's not out for long because they need him. They really they need, need him. him. Uh, Robin Lopez, big contribution tonight. Uh, for the <laughs> for the non YouTube watchers, we got a jersey swap with uh, I don't what is the Heat's man Bernie Bernie yes oh Bernie, Bernie. With a U. I get it I okay I was gonna I say do. stuff the Magic Dragon because it kind of looked like stuff but then I was like no that's the wrong Florida team that is Orlando that's right yeah uh, don't sleep on stuff the Magic Dragon are you using the sleeper app for daily fantasy basketball I am Damian Lillard had been unusually cold from three. But we all knew he was due to heat up, so we've been going higher on his points plus rebounds and assists this week. If you think you know basketball, then you need to try to turn your basketball knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app, the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. Just download the Sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite players. With more stats than any other daily fantasy app, just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. Pick more or less from the predicted stats and you could win up to 100 times your money if your picks win. Use promo code Eurostep, G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 25 states, including Wisconsin. Check out Sleeper today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, Jordan, let us discuss the buck stock market and we can use this as a way to go through the rest of the bench players. Uh, there may have not been a bunch of positives to talk about with the Bucks bench tonight, but we will cover uh, the highs and the lows as we always do. So starting off, let's we can burn through the starters. We talked about them a lot. I think we can probably be in agreement that Giannis and Dame are due for a couple of upstocks in this game. Yes, 100%. I, I, yeah. A couple Locking total. I'm, thinking, I'm, th- I'm saying one each. Very good games from both, but... I think yeah, that's, one one each sounds kind of right. Yeah, um, it sounds good. And then I think Chris just a push due to the defense. I mean, is it good I offensive game? I would say yeah, or I would say up. You would say up. You're generous in the buck stock market. I maybe, <laughs> but I do. I mean, seventy points, efficient shooting night. No turnovers, highest plus minus, even though that's an incredibly noisy set. I do yep. think I, I would lean up, but I understand the push as well. I will settle on the half up, the informal half up, that if he has another game that's relatively good, that maybe wouldn't be an up, we can give it to him. Um, but I'm going to push back on the full up. Just there were just If it was just a couple, but it, it felt like there were about five possessions in a row where Miami was just like, we're going to go just dribble past him. I just can't in good conscience give the up stock, Jordan. I'm sorry. It's, it, I understand. I put uh, in a valiant effort. Uh, you did. You did. Um, I think as much as we liked his game and have liked him lately, probably also a push for Brooke. I thought he played well, but you know, without hitting any of the threes and you know, his impact was felt defensively, but you know, he didn't really able to – you know, single-handedly stop what Miami was doing. Just think it was a good Brook game. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you thinking up for bees? Yeah, I think up for bees. Is, I think is up fair. For, I think ten rebounds. Good, that's hard good to shooting game. I mean, again, there's it's the tale of the two different Beasleys on defense too. Like there was a couple yeah. ball screens that I thought, oh, he navigated that really well. He had the side contest. He forced some misses. And then there were some where we talked about it. I don't want to harp too much on it. Um, so that's all the starters. That three upstocks given for uh, a close win, but it's still a, a win. A win is a win. The bench. Uh, we talked about Pat a little. I mean, I just push. He's playing pretty well. Got hurt. That, that is what it is. Yeah. Big Bob. It was not a great Big Bob game. Uh, three for eight for Bobby Portis, for anyone who may not be familiar with Big Bob after we got into hot water with Boss Man. Missed both of his threes, two rebounds, two fouls. So that's in twenty, nearly 23 minutes. He was uh, almost team low, minus 12. But again, I don't want to tarp too much on single game plus minus, but six points, two rebounds, two fouls for Big Bob. It's not a, not a great game. No, and it, it, this is just not his matchup. I really grimaced when they were switching um, defensively down the stretch of the third quarter, and I'm like, Big Bob's on Duncan Robinson. This is not going to go well. And, and it did not. It did not go well. It didn't burn the Bucks as much as I thought it was going to be, but it was very much like, 
KYP, you know, know your personal kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I would say down. It, it's been outside of the fourth quarter of the Portland game. He's big Bobby. Um, yeah, has to kind of get through this little rough patch of his. I, I agree. And I think part of the down here, too, is he actually has not gotten a down stock. His last movement was an up in game 14. So I think this is kind of both not a good game and a trend that has been negative. He has, yeah, he has not had the same offensive impact on games and defensively. I mean, he, I don't think he's been a pure disaster. I think he probably still gets a worse rep than he plays, but he hasn't been overly helpful either. So I, I think yeah. that's fair. He needs to, with all these guys out, especially with Pat leaving the game, he just has to be more impactful offensively. I mean, they can't afford their, you know, runner up for sixth man last year, a guy we know is crucial to what this team does to, you know, just kind of three total makes. That's your only offensive production the whole game. Um, so I think that's a fair down stock. I think we – actually, I don't know. I'll throw it to you first. The Bucks lost campaigns 18 minutes by 15 points. Defensively? Probably up there with Chris. It wasn't as many times, but some pretty bad moments. Did have three assists. Made a three that got wiped off. I won't hold that against him. That was unfortunate. Pretty big runner in the fourth quarter. Didn't think it was great by any means, but what do you think on campaign's performance tonight? And just kind of overall, we haven't talked about him a bunch on the pod in in a little bit now. He's just kind of... I I really... I don't know. It really kind of feels like if he doesn't have a going, Malik has it. And if Malik doesn't have a going, it's Cam. Mm. It, it's kind of, even though they, they do share the court a fair bit. Like, we've seen Cam more with Dame than Malik. And whether you agree with that pairing or not, I don't personally do. But, yeah. you know, injuries kind of necessitate that right now. It does kind of sap some of his... The, the use for him. Like he, he's more off ball. He's can knock down shots. We see him still hit shots, even though they waved off the three for him today. Um, the, the runner that you mentioned was big, but again, defensively, it's like, okay, it's going to get helter skelter and you hope for the best kind of thing. But I, I don't necessarily think I would go down. I would say. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm really torn. I mean, I did not think it was a good game whatsoever. He also just is at, you know, a bench player standing. Um, you know, the value yeah. is 11 right now. I, I would probably, you know, counter to what we did with Chris earlier, call this the informal half down. I think another game around this production and, and it would be another down stock for campaign. Uh, I'm going to say he does hold on um, for this one, though. Uh, just, just by the... The the little bit of shoe that was out of bounds. That's how close it is yeah. to a, a down stock for campaign. Uh, then all we have left to talk about for this game and really overall is the young wing. So Marjan got first crack uh, out of this group. He wasn't the first bench player in, but played nearly nine minutes. I think in about five minutes, picked up four fouls, including two in his first three or so seconds, which is not good. 0 for 2 from the field. Both were twos. Four rebounds, one assist, one turnover. I think the maybe the most disheartening thing, he just looked pretty lost defensively. Just did not make a good defensive impact on the game. I mean, I, I think the first game of the year, 
gave some great minutes on Tyrese Maxey. And maybe he's just out of rhythm coming back from the ankle. I'm not sure. Just looked totally out of sorts in this game, which was disappointing. Probably to be expected from you know, a player so green, but disappointing nonetheless. Yeah, I, I'm I can't really think of a, a Marjan game where he we've seen anonymous Marjan games. We've seen like these kind of like just oh you played, but it, there wasn't really much of substance there. He was a net negative for them in a major way today. And it started with the fouls. Then it was a fast court or a, a fast break. I think it was Dane that kind of hit him with, uh, he was kind of like by the baseline and stuff like that. And it, he just flat out did not have the ball in his hands, didn't really clutch it at all. That was tough. I forgot about that one too. It was really just, everything was just like out of sorts for him in a very real way. And yeah, it's, it is, disheartening is the right word to say it because it's like, We've seen flashes. I'm not expecting him to be a lights out shooter, but you just, you, we want to see him kind of be that guy, that, the, the big defensive stopper. And outside of that opening game and maybe moments here and there, um, I'm sure there's more that are coming that will come to mind after I finish my point here. But tonight was just like, man, like he, it, he just doesn't have it. And it just felt, it, it was almost absurd how many fouls he got in that quick, Stretch. It felt like a summer league kind of like you have four fouls in five minutes. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> like, it, like yeah. that does not happen in an NBA game. So it was, yeah, that was crazy. And just, th- like, there's yeah. been times too where I feel like we've kind of gone, oh, you know, that was ticky tack. Like that, that was just good defense. The first one, I mean, I don't think the Bucks were even back from commercial break. It was an away from the ball foul on an inbound. So that's just a basically a tech, right? I mean, that's a free yeah. throw and ball. And then I think the second one was an and one on Lowry, if I remember right. Maybe I'm wrong, yes. but it was either like three or four basically free points for Miami before like really realistically like as soon as play started with him in the game uh, and his tenure did not improve. It's a little harsh, but I, I would be willing to give the down stock here. I think it was that bad of a game. I think so too. Um, which is unfortunate in you know, just like 10 minutes, but uh, it was it, – it did stood out. It, it was – or it did stand out, I should say. It was a little – it was a little glaring. Um, and then we'll do uh, – we'll, we'll, no, let's do A.J. Green first. I don't want to end with A.J. Green. Um, it, it's just sad. He just doesn't have the shot. Um, it, it's abandoned him. In by, and I wonder if it's just the pressure of knowing that this is his big real NBA opportunity, like real in real close games. And, you know, it really feels like if he knocked down a couple, he'd have – There'd be minutes there for him, certainly now with Pat and Crowder potentially out for a little bit. Hopefully not too long for Pat, but you know he certainly did t- uh, sprain his ankle and then checked out of the game right away. So it's just tough. Um, we gave him a downstock last game, so I think for missing one shot in two minutes, I wouldn't pile on. But I, I do wonder how long until he just runs out of chances if he cannot get in here and just catch fire and knock down a couple threes. Yeah, three straight games we've seen him. Uh, one of seven over the last three games. He's down to thirty percent from three. He's not. If he doesn't hit it from three, it's like he competes defensively. It's not like he's just doing nothing out there, but like he's just so limited. And I thought like <laughs> there's the play where he's matched up on Duncan Robinson. They're they're setting up for this DHO with 
Robinson and bam. And Robinson does that classic kind of like to get him free of his defender, he kind of, you know, chicken wings, but he has a more extended shove. And AJ Green just kind of like flies into Bam out of bio. And I, my cynical self was like, that is the best defense he has played probably of the season. Um, it's really tough just to watch him out there. And, um, you, kinda, you were, you were upset. I, I, <laughs> it's more, it's not about AJ Green. It's more of like, it's about the next guy because it's like, you have what you need right there if you want to go to it. And he's the superior player. Um, he's shooting, he, maybe he took AJ Green's shooting powers. I don't know. If he I did, mean, he's, he's hitting threes. If he did, we just got to talk the Bucks into playing him more. I, I agree. I think. Um, probably my least favorite Adrian Griffin thing from this game was giving AJ Green the burn before Ajax, who now we'll talk about, saved the best for last. People in chat have been asking Andre Jackson Jr., who played a grand total of three minutes, 20 seconds in this game. The Bucks ended up losing those minutes, but certainly was not his fault. Um, I thought he played very well. Knocked down two threes. I think one was shooter's touch and one was a bank, maybe, if I remember oh, yeah. right. I mean, they were, they were sloppy, but it was like, it, I was just happy to see him take two threes in three minutes after his first one of his first possessions of the game. He gets in. It's the end of quarter situation. He gets an offensive rebound with about half a second left where it's like, okay, just throw it back up there and see. And he passes it. And it's like, this is exactly why you went from starting a game to, you know, 10th off the bench or 11th or whatever it was, 11th in the, off the bench in this game. Like, yeah. The d- the defense is necessary, and I think it's I think he's going to get more chances, and he's earned them. He's been a very good, impactful defender. You can't just not shoot ever, and that's where he was at. So it was nice to see him just take some shots. Uh, he also had an offensive rebound, which was the one I just mentioned, and that was it uh, for his stats. Just the two made threes, but good in position. He just adds energy. I would imagine he's going to get some more burn. He kind of has to, uh, and I'm excited to see it. I mean, I think he's shown a lot of. Even with my frustration, he's shown a lot of really enticing tools this season. Yeah, I again, I, I come away with he may not have uh, the most sterling performance, but there's one or two things that he does every game that I'm just like, there's something there. And normally, it's it's the passing, it's the screening, just like impromptu screening. It's not like you know, it, it's freelance kind of thing, but just he's. His shot looks a lot better. I'm not expecting him to shoot however many, how much percent it is right now. I think it's pretty high up there. It's got to be over 50 at this point. I'm waiting for stats to load. Oh, they are they are here now. Let's see uh, what he's shooting from three this season. Sixty uh, percent. So yeah, I would not would not bank on that to to carry on either. But at the same time, I'm I I his his shot has drastically changed from what we saw in the summer league. Yeah, and and the willingness to do it, whether you know that continues for how hot of shooting that he has, um, I just think he adds just something, and it's given the the defensive woes and everything like that, and just needing another guy to kind of seamlessly switch, especially with the way that the Bucks play defensively. Like. <laughs> I'm grasping for straws here. I'm, I'm just making that very clear. But there is a possession where Giannis is on Bam. Bam comes up to set the screen. I forget who it was. 
Giannis switches off off on the perimeter guy, and Andre Jackson Jr. switch off on Bam, and he's making it tough for him to to not just like get to his spot, like and given the low bar that we have defensively, that is something. <laughs> that yeah, is something it, it helps I like a to lot. See. I like to see guys compete defensively and everything like that. So, yeah, I I I just like I just. <laughs> that's basically my gush fest of, of oh, this pod. Well, I think it was the two of us after the draft, right? Where we like really talked ourselves into him on that first pod, and now you know it hasn't been perfect, but I think it's probably exceeded our expectations a little. Maybe not totally, but the flashes, the flashes have been enticing. Um, been enticing. Any other random notes from from this game or recently that you'd like to to hit here? I think that's. Uh, you know, good game for Ajax. I mean, just three minutes is, is not going to be an upstock, but um, that concludes Buck's stock market for this game. I would not. I would just say again, no movement for Adrian Griffin. It's been since game eleven that any anything has changed. I just feel like there's been good, a decent amount of good, a decent amount of bad, which is kind of just life with it, really evaluating a head coach with so much that we don't see or know. Um, so unless you had strong pushback, that doesn't stop people from talking, right? It does not. Um, we're too late in the pod to actually have a serious discussion, but um, yeah. I, the what's, your, what's the what's the what's your soapbox on this? Um, I have I have a soapbox, and it's um, I think he's doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's doing okay. The Bucks are winning; they have things to figure out, and um, injuries have not helped them to kind of figure things out when. We're talking about their defense not being what we've seen, certainly, of the last five years. And yeah, I think injuries on top of, I mean, just ridiculously different personnel. And I've seen some people be like, does it really make that much of a difference just to lose Drew Holiday and Javon Carter? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, they didn't go from them to, like, five average guys. I mean, it's... Even Wes. Like, I know Wes is yeah. kind of like in and out of, at least during the regular season, he was not playing, like, heavy minutes, but that's another guy that, whether you're talking about a one-on-one stopper or just a guy that can kind of gum up um, in other ways, but, like, there isn't, they're finding, I, th- I Dan Devine wrote, like, of Yahoo, he wrote kind of, like, a really interesting piece on the Bucks when they played the Nets a couple weeks ago, probably closer to a month ago now, and they viewed defense as being like a long-term project and it was a really good article it was it was of the you know non-eric name the non-local guys yeah seeing an, an outsider perspective on it and it was like oh it's really refreshing to see the anecdotes that he got out of it and just kind of like how they view the season of working their way up and i i personally had this feeling this whole time but um, whether some people agree with that or not, I, I'm not saying it's been perfect or anything like that. It, it's not, but ultimately they're doing the things that we want them to do. And it's a lot easier to say that there are a lot, there are things to improve, but they can do that when they win too. And, you know, I don't, yeah, I, don't know. Um, I have one more point on this, and then we actually do have one more thing. Thank you, uh, Edgar, in the chat. We have not talked about the in-season tournament coming up, so this is why it's good to go live on YouTube. 
Um, but in the so since they started dropping, so that if you want to filter this stuff yourself, you can use November third as the date. Um, so until now, the Bucks have played fourteen games in that time. They are eleven and three. Their offensive rating of one twenty point two is fifth in the NBA. Their defensive rating of one fourteen point five did drop a bit after tonight's game, but seventeenth. So you know certainly not what we're used to. It has not been since they made the defensive change, at least results-wise, a garbage defense. It's been bad, middling bad, but not garbage. I think they just need to get some of the defensive personnel healthy and also probably just add a defender at the trade. As much as I don't want to do a whole big trade thing, like they, they probably just need to reorient the roster better. There was a shakeup with the Dame trade. It's not a very well-balanced roster. They could use some more perimeter juice, but they are also the Bucks are ninth in net rating. So certainly the record is a little ahead of the skis net rating wise, but that's kind of going to happen when you're also the best clutch team in the NBA. And I think the only game they've lost that's went to clutch time with Dame was Celtics. By Boston. Yeah, which they didn't. They didn't blow the lead. They just fought their way back in to make it such. So, like, I think that I mean clutch is always going to be a little loud, but. I mean, I think it's somewhat sustainable for that to happen. But anyway, um, that's the Bucks and how they've played lately. The in-season tournament. So I thought it's been awesome. And I was high in the in-season tournament coming in. And I think the intensity was clearly there. I mean, we saw the blowouts went up in this round of games because teams knew they had to to make it in. Like there was clear excitement about this. I'm very excited for the knockout round. I was hoping the Bucks would make their way in. I can't wait to see. They host the Knicks, I believe, early next week or the week after. It'll be Monday. Monday. So starting very soon. So less than a week from now. And just a quick refresher for anyone who doesn't know, the teams who don't make it will also play games this week. They're not just all off. Uh, Everyone will play the 82 games except the championship. There's an 83rd game that won't count for any stats. So – all the other teams will be playing to teams that get knocked out will then continue playing as well. So everyone will be playing games, but the national TV games going forward for like the next couple of weeks, once it gets going again, will be these knockout round games, including the, uh, is it just the semis and finals in Vegas, I believe? Yes, that's a, that's what it looks like. So yeah, the first, first you know, the round of eight uh, is just not going to take place. So that I believe is Milwaukee then, right? Yep. So Knicks at Bucks to see if we get to a trip to Vegas. Dame wants to win it for the two ways, but what are your thoughts, Jordan, on the uh, the in-season tournament, the Adam Silver slash David Stern Cup? Um, I like it. I like it. It's, it's fun. It, it kind of reinvigorates the, the, you know, having the start of the season, you get really excited to see basketball be back, and then you kind of quickly get back into that pattern of things, and, you know, as much as like the Celtics game having that last week of like, oh, this is a big game, it's a big spectacle. It has felt like with some of these in, in, in season tournament games, especially the Knicks game tonight, even without Jimmy Butler, it does kind of get like a shoot or a shot in the arm of like, hey, I, <laughs> you, you want to see them win, obviously, you want to see them go for the, for the ultimate prize, but like it does feel like they're doing this in the right way of, of pushing it. Even if I do think some courts are really, you know, awful, <laughs> but um, I, I do like the overall just kind of like just switching up. It's, it's something to try, and, and 
I like how much they have embraced it. It doesn't feel um, half-assed by any means. No, and I think the courts are ugly, but it, it was worth it just to then, you know, have that extra differentiator. So the teams yes. that Milwaukee would have to play through to get to the final of this tournament, um, it's obviously the, the Knicks who they play first, and then the winner of Celtics Pacers will be there, their next opponent. So either way, going to get an East team that the Bucks would be looking for some revenge on, uh, which is a fun thing in itself. But yeah, I think it's been it's been really good. I've enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think you know you just you know that it worked, so to speak, because I mean, how many people and chatter was there like in our Discord, on Twitter, on Threads of like, oh, this team is up by twenty seven now. That's huge because now this team, you know, they need to win by a lot. And if the Bucks lose, like the scenarios were everywhere. I saw some people pointed out correctly. The NBA needs like a a running standings that shows like the updated point differential. That would help with a lot, but still people tracked it and it was just like the games did feel more intense. They felt great and it was cool to see the Bucks take it seriously and, you know, go out there and go 4-0 even if some of the games were a little close looking at Wizards and Heat mostly. Uh, it was still ended up being a great run and hopefully it goes on for a few more games here. Yeah, I think that I think when it gets to the Vegas portion of it all and it kind of really taking it to the next level. I know it's not going to be played in the sphere, but uh, <laughs> but uh, if, when it goes to there, I think that's where we'll see kind of like, really oh, gonna... like this really take it off and, yeah. and kind of see what the, the vision has been. I just think it's, I mean, the, the money I think is great. I think NBA, everyone wants, and coaches and players want 500 grand. But like, you just tell them it's like a tournament and like there's going to be a winner. These are pro athletes. They're competitive people. Like I think it's it's been obvious. Like they, these teams want to make the cut. They want to play well. They want to win the tournament. So um, I think the questions of incentives and everything beforehand were really overblown. And uh, I'm really excited. Not even just for the Bucks part of it. That mostly, but like I think there's going to be some really fun games. Both both conferences going toward this final. Um, so yeah, big fan of the in season tournament. Hope to see it evolve and grow and maybe less ugly courts. But hey, it was distinctive and. Hopefully we get the cool NBA Finals court back after they put the in-season trophy on, these ones. I would like that. I would like that very much. I would too. Okay, Jordan. Now that thankfully, thanks to to Edgar, we uh, didn't forget to mention the in-season tournament part of it all. Uh, Anything else that we should cover before we wrap this one up? No, I think think we're good. I think Bucks won. They won the group. They uh, will have a chance to – not exact the revenge, but continually to beat the Knicks. Um, yeah, I, I think I, it was a good win. It was it was much to be celebrated. Some things clearly need to be worked out, but again, this applies to a lot of the Bucks seasons. So yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it's a work in progress. They're managing to still win games. Obviously, the defense has to get better. Um, Probably just need better defensive personnel. But in the meantime, while the cavalry is still on the way, both in terms of Crowder and uh, potential trade, hopefully some more Andre Jackson, hopefully Marjan can iron it out and just, you know, guys fight a little harder, be a little sprier. Who knows? We'll see. But that is all from us on this episode. Thank you to everyone who watched live on YouTube. As always, please, if you are not already, Subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell so you know if we go live. Uh, And we're also on audio platforms, so check us out there as well. You can find all the links to everything at gspn.info. 
Make sure to rate and review five stars if you are listening on audio. I saw we're pretty close to, I think, 200 five stars on Spotify. So definitely if you're a Spotify user, mobilize. Uh, And then make sure to check out the rest of the podcast on GSPN. Talk of the Tundra. They let Jordan cook this week. Solo pod. I was listening today a little late, but quite a fun pod recapping the Packers big turkey day win. Uh, and go, you know, go like, rate, and review. Talk of the Tundra, cruising for a bruising, make time for this. But all the pods, we really do appreciate it. Join the Discord. And I think that's that's everything. Uh, I'm going to let, I guess, everyone else cook. Oh, I had a good outro and I flubbed it. Pod random. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>